This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, a tennis betting podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. And the waiting is finally over. We've had the dress rehearsal. We've had the, the tournaments for the last two weeks. I went solo on week one. Week two, Sean come back with a nice winner, start off the tournament with on this year. And now the real business starts. It is the Australian Open. It's the first major of the year. It comes so quickly. And here is a preview of the outright winner. So this is the men's singles tournament winner. Sean, how are you, mate? You ready? You ready? You ready? Where to go? I know you had your teeth done. Everything's fine. You, you, were, you were, last time I spoke to you, you were, Full of the joys, you were happy. Tell that me, was the time before. I think I think it was the time before you, but you, I think you missed one. Tell Wednesday was not quite. As... We're, we're going. Come on, what, what what's happened? Well, my tooth fell out again about oh. twenty minutes ago. Oh. So um, <laughs> after we've done these previews of the Australian Open, I got to go back to the dentist and uh, get it put back in again. It's uh, it's on my desk over there, actually. The it's actual a, the actual tooth is on your desk. It's a crown, so it's like a it's like it's like the top of a tooth, isn't it? So you know, if you want to see it, I've got yeah, it right well, here. Show it, show it, show it, show it, yeah. show it in your hand, show it in your hand. There it is. Oh no! Now yeah. you might be able to put it on eBay. I know? was only having a sandwich. It's not like I was sitting there having like a a, a a tough steak or something. I was just having a sandwich, and now it popped. So yeah, it's uh... it's age, Sean. It's age, and the thing is, you might shouldn't have anything to do with teeth, surely. You you got a big following now. People people enjoy your comments. You know, we've got so many subscribers on the Bet Betting Weekly Studios. I'm not embellishing any of this. This is all. This is all. This is my life, for better or for worse. Don't get rid of it. I would say, listen, put that on eBay. You might get I don't know all of about. Fifteen dollars. I think they're actually putting it back in. I think they they want me to take it down with me, and they're just gonna. Why you left it on the side? What's that? Why you've left it on the side? What? what, what? Oh, well, obviously, going to clean it first. But they, it's, it's a, it's, you know, they're molds, aren't they? They have to send off to get the molds made, and then when they come back, and yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole performance. It sounds, it sounds a bit too much for me. Anyway, um, let's let's talk about the business in hand. The business in hand is finding the winner of the first major of twenty twenty four, the Australian Open. Um, mm. It's a tournament's been dominated by Novak Djokovic over this. He's won it nine times, been in for a perfect ten. Um, and he started as an even money favourite to win the tournament. Um, before we go yeah. into the draw and look at the tournament, um, give us a little bit of an insight. I mean, this is this is Novak Djokovic's backyard, isn't it? He's won four of the last five. The only time he didn't win it was the tournament he wasn't allowed to play in because uh, mm. of the COVID restrictions. He's won eight of the last 13 in Melbourne. Um, before we go on to Novak Djokovic, let's give us a sort of a little bit of the, the, the court conditions and what you expect uh, in Melbourne over the next fortnight. Yeah, so the trends are, as you said, so no one other than Djokovic, Nadal, Federer has won this since 2014 when I had Stan Wawrinka at 60-1. to 1. I still, I'm still dying on out on that because it's it's one of the few occasions in in my career, really, when, when I've talked about a slam and I've put someone up and, and they've won and it hasn't been Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, Murray. So no one since 
Yeah, this that's is one of the years. reasons why you can go to the dentist five times for a crown because of stammering. Well, that's that's the one payment. I'm not I'm not paying yeah. every time. What? That one of the reasons. That why was ten can. years ago. That was ten years ago. That money hasn't lasted since then. Sure, but my, I know you well. That money was that money will you, you, <laughs> that money will stretch ten years. Trust me. My whole career has been basically trying to get Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, and occasionally Murray beat at, at Grand Slams, and it's more often than not, vast majority of the time, it's it's proved very very difficult to do. The best I've been able to do is is obviously this Vavrinka one, and then a few each ways, and I think I had Murray a couple of times at all right price, but. Yeah, trend-wise, very, very difficult. As far as the conditions are concerned, Leighton Hewitt said it's probably a bit quicker than Sydney, which was the United Cup. Um, but the problem is these balls, these AO Dunlop AO balls, you know, they're fluffing up badly after the first sort of five, six games. Some players saying it even quicker than that. I think Medvedev said they were like hitting, I think he said they were like hitting apples, I think was his was his way of describing them. But he's not very complimentary about any tennis ball, I don't think, uh, Medvedev. Um, it averages 80% hold, 72% first serve points, one in the four editions that's been played on a green set court. So that puts it sort of slightly quicker than the US Open, but obviously slower than Wimbledon. So it's a, it's really a kind of medium-ish, sort of quicker side of medium, potentially um, hardcore. But obviously the weather has an impact. And, you know, if you're trying to second guess the, the weather in Melbourne, you, you're onto a loser, really. Today it's 32 degrees in Melbourne. Tomorrow, it's going to be 22 degrees. So there's a 10-degree 10, 10 drop-off there. And the rest of the week could be anything, apparently, between 23 and 29, with some rain, some thunder. You know, anyone that's not been to Melbourne or isn't familiar with it is very, very changeable. It, you know, the weather can just change so, so quickly. So I think the bottom line is it doesn't look like it's going to be one of those insanely hot fortnights. Like when I was there, it was like 40 degrees. It's not, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be kind of warm, but not, not too warm by the looks of things. Um, as far as underdog winners are concerned, I've mentioned before, um, Grand Slam's, you know, technically the worst, uh, statistically the worst place to look for underdog winners. Only 23% of them win at the Australian Open. You mentioned there about the, the balls. Now, this is a talking point across tennis and Twitter and a lot of people talking about the balls, the Dunlop balls here. There'll be a lot of people who watch this show for the first time. Hopefully, there's a lot of new people, new subscribers coming along here and watching the show for the first time who might not be quite familiar about it. I mean, people who have followed us for over the last year or so will understand the different balls conditions and the obviously court conditions. Can you just explain a little bit about the balls so like the people who, who have just tuned into this for the first time I understand what we're actually talking about here so so these are extra duty balls which means they're supposed to last longer but it, the, the different manufacturers obviously do them in different ways and they, they some some of them perform in fact they all perform very differently which is what can players players are complaining about you know there's no there's no uniformity you would have thought coming in from a sort of layman's point of view you would have thought a tennis ball should be the same one throughout the season but it's not the clay tournaments are generally different they used to be the babalat ball and they change it. It's, it's commercial forces, really, that, that play a part in this. It's about money, ultimately. Who, who pays the ATP Tour the most to, to use their ball? But every every tournament can choose their own ball. You know, then it's not it's not it's not like football where the ball is the ball. You know, week in week out, the same ball. They're all they're all different balls. Manufactured slightly differently, so they perform slightly differently. Some are lighter, like the Wilson U.S. Open balls are smaller and lighter, and they fly through the air quicker. Um, some of them are slower and heavier. The head balls tend to be a bit heavier. The Technifiber balls are quite dead as well. Um, these particular ones, the, the Dunlop AO ones, which came into force, I think it was last year for the for the Australian Open, they, they start out quick. But once they've hit the surface, 
a certain amount of times they they fluff up and it, when they fluff up it, they get a lot lot slower leading to a lot more sort of elongated rallies but when they the bottom line is when they when they start they're quick but after a certain period of time they get a lot lot slower is there any particular player that's would would be much more conditioned to the ball or it would be suited to the ball or is it just a bit of potluck really on the conditions you're playing in? I think it's potluck. I think court surfaces will matter as well. The different courts will will react differently with the balls. Um, as I said, it, 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 if if the balls stayed as they as they are when they first come out of the can, it it would favour the sort of bigger hitters, the, the bigger servers. But you know, if you're playing a match, you you would expect the first maybe three four games the, the conditions to be quick and then get slightly slower. So it it doesn't really favour one player over the other really. So that's the balls. Um, very, it's a very contentious point at the moment. A lot of you, it's, you know, it's a really big point. The players are complaining about a lot of injuries, a lot of wrist injuries, and a lot of people. It should be the same ball, shouldn't it? I mean, it should be. But you know, if I was to do a show on what should happen on the ATP tour, you know, I'd be here a very, very long time. Um, it, it's commercial forces, isn't it? It's, it's to do with money and, and and sponsorships and branding and all the rest of it, and you know, who pays the most gets. Guess the ball, I suppose. In this case, it's it's Dunlop, but the players don't like them. A lot of old balls to me. But anyway, let's move on to the tournament. We're now look at the draw. I mean, the draw is um, usually in some of these, as we've spoken about this, this is the men's singles uh, over here in Melbourne and the Australian Open, the first major of the year. Usually we, we look at draws and we say, well, there's a real advantage in the top half of the draw and there's a real weakness in the bottom half of the draw. That's what we like to see. Um, on this draw here, I think obviously the top half, I think, is, is a lot, I think it's tougher than the bottom half when you get to the break it yeah. down to the last 16. There's a dangerous floaters around, but if it, if it went to the seedings, the top half of the draw is, is a lot, lot more difficult than the, sorry, a lot, lot, uh, yeah, a lot more difficult than the bottom half of the draw. The bottom half of the draw does seem the weakest part of it. Um, if we look at the, the schedule now, they, they, obviously things don't go to schedule, but uh, Novak Djokovic in the last 16 is due to play Ben Shelton. If that was going to go to the seedings, uh, and that is a repeat of the semi-final the, the US Open. Shelton plays a very difficult first round match against Botic van der Sandrup. Well, sorry, uh, yeah, no, sorry, Sinner plays Botic van der Sandrup. Djokovic Bautista, plays... Bautista, isn't it? Yeah, Bautista are good. Sorry, I knew it was a double-barreled yeah. name and I just forgot the person it was. Um, Fritz plays Sitsipas uh, as well in that first quarter. Then we have Sinner who plays Botic van der Sandrup, who plays Kachanov, but also he could quite easily play Tierfo. Uh, Alex Diminuar up against uh, Rublev. Uh, but in that section, you also have Korda and Jari. That's the top half of the draw. The bottom half of the draw, Holgudrun uh, against Herbert Herkash, uh, Dimitrov against Medvedev, Zverev against Rude, but obviously you, Rude is probably, I don't think Rude's going to be suited really here this week. He's, he's, he's playing well. He started the season really well, actually, Kasper Rude. I was quite surprised. He's, we'll come on to him in a bit. But, but I, I wouldn't, I think Leheka will probably give him some problems there. Norrie as well is also in that section. And you've got Tommy Paul and Alcaraz. So if you look at the draw, you would say it's weaker in the bottom half of the draw. Remember, Bet Rivers offer a half the odds one two, so you can get half the odds of your player to win the tournament to make the final. And I think if you're looking for each way each way value, you have to concentrate on the bottom half of the draw. Would you agree on that, Sean? Yeah, I think the top half is, is obviously well. It's got Novak Djokovic in it for his start, yeah, yeah, hasn't yeah. it? His record is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I think the bottom half is 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 potentially the easier of the two, slightly. Yeah. Now, let's look at the outright prices. And Novak Djokovic is currently even money to win his 10th Australian Open title. Now, I've had a couple of DMs through to me today. Before we look at the other runners and riders, I had a couple of DMs over the last couple of days just saying, Novak Djokovic wins. Like, Novak Djokovic wins. 
it's basically even money Novak Djokovic to win the tournament, or you can have 127 other players at even money. That's how the market is here. Now, when we see the dominance that uh, Rafa Nadal has had on the French Open and Novak Djokovic had here, years gone by, you might probably go for that. That think Djokovic will win it, but I'm not quite sure. I'd like to know your thoughts on Djokovic before we go. Before we go, let me just go to the, for the outright markets. Carlos Alcaraz is plus 320. Yannick Sinner is $6.00. Medvedev is $9. Zverev is $22. Diminuar, $30. I can't understand why he's sixth favorite to win the tournament. But anyway, Holger Rune is 30 to 1. Sits past 35, the beaten finest last year. Dimitrov, who just won the tournament for the first time, I think since 2017, is 40 to 1. Yeah. Rublev at 60. Shelton, 66. Kasper Ruda at 66. And Herbert Herkas at 70. So before we go around the runners and riders, let's start with the main man, Novak Djokovic. Mm. Do you see as a tennis expert, someone who watches tennis every single day of his life, do you see any chinks in his armory? Do you see uh, anywhere that anybody who wants to oppose him can, even at his age now, is, it, is there any any light for anybody who wants to oppose Novak Djokovic? Or is it a question of that? If he wants to win it, if he turn up and he plays his best, he wins the tournament. I think it's just about physicality, really. If he plays his best tennis, he turns up fit and fire. And then, yeah, you would expect him to win. I mean, he's miles ahead on the stats. Service points, one return points, one total uh, the last 12 months. Um, 113.5 on outdoor hard and a service hold and break total of 123. Now that puts him clear of everybody else. Um, yes, you, his record here is exemplary, as you said. Um, the concern is the injury. Injury. It's, it's always There's always something with Novak, isn't there? And it, it, it's kind of annoying because it, it, it leads you to believe that it, you can take him on. And then he turns up and he's absolutely fine. And he wins the tournament without, you know, dropping like one or two sets or something like that. This time it's the wrist injury. He played United Cup, um, didn't play at all well, but you wouldn't, you know, by his standards, you, you would kind of forgive that really. A lot of these top players, you know, we haven't really seen them, have we? Um, tennis is so strange that it has one of its four biggest tournaments played in the first the first three or four weeks of the season. It's, it's, it's madness, isn't it? It's like having the FA Cup in like October. It, it, it's it's not right. So you don't see the players really in competitive action since last November. Um, but the concern is his wrist. He, he said he had a wrist problem um, in that United Cup that he played, which which was a kind of a, a knockabout for him. He got beat by Diminor, hence the Diminor prize. Yep. Um, so it's just it's just about fitness, you know. But he is, you know, he's going to be thirty seven years old in May. W whatever he says, whatever he does, it's not normal for a 37 year old guy to be playing the way he does on a tennis court i'm not suggesting any impropriety but he can't carry on surely he cannot carry on playing tennis like that we said it for years we said it about nadal though didn't we, we said it about federer they just they just know how to well win. federer was different style wasn't he, he was, he was he's, a lot he's, less wear and tear but Djokovic mentally just so good he's the best sportsman in the world i mean you just like yeah do you know what i mean i can't back him at even money it just you know, if I if I said now back Djokovic at even money after 15 years of of trying to take him on, it's obviously he would lose in the first round yeah, and get think, defaulted or that, something like that, that. That is a great point, but also I think the caliber of opponent isn't there anymore than it was in the past. I mean, I know the strength in depth is quite good. The number 16 seed better number C, but there isn't a Murray, there isn't a a Federer, and there isn't a Nadal around to push him. He's the only player in the draw who's won this tournament. You know, that's that's I can't remember a major many a year where the only person in the in the draws won it. I mean, even when Rafa was winning the, the French Open, there was players in the draw who won it. 
Um, not many. <laughs> not many. Well, there was Roger. There was um, there was Djokovic, wasn't there? Djokovic has always been in there in the French Open, hasn't he? When he's won the French Open, and so there was always yeah, Djokovic. Times. There was always Djokovic in that draw with him. So I can't remember anybody who who's been the sole winner of a of a major in it going into a tournament for. Vavrinka's won it. He's in it technically. Uh, is, is he in the draw? Vavrinka. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I've got that wrong. So again, he is at the I'm... minute. He was. He was yesterday. I know. He, you know. He pulled out of his match at the Kuyong Classic, but he's supposed to be playing um, Manorino in the first round. Yeah. So I mean, Vavrinka's won it. But that's. Um, but I mean, I, 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 if someone said but to me now, ago. you know, if, ten if, years if, ago. That he if won. someone said you said to me now, listen, like you, you, you're a sports book. I'm. I am. Um, I'm Bet Rivers, and someone rung me up and said, "Listen, I want. I want to have." Um, Five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars, and Novak Djokovic to win this tournament at even money. I would not be, even though I don't think he'll win the tournament, and I want to oppose him. I would not be comfortable taking that wager, and that's where we find ourselves in this position. You, you, you're looking for someone to oppose him, but realistically, deep down in your heart, he's the likely winner, and you wouldn't yeah, risk any money on it. And that, and that's the, the difficult scenario for betters on this tournament. Yeah, it, it's it, you just. Tossing up really whether Djokovic is fit or not, and that's that's an eternal problem because I think he mm. takes a lot of pressure off himself by saying these things, you know, oh, this, you know, the wrist's not very good, or the or the, the calf, or the shoulder, or the back, or whatever it is. I think in some ways that's his way of taking pressure off himself with these these things. But is he? I know he's almost thirty-seven. I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be comfortable with either way. I wouldn't be comfortable with someone coming in and putting 10 grand on him at evens, that would worry me. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Similarly, similarly, I wouldn't want to put a, a load of money on him um, at that price as well. So, no. yeah. It's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's the conundrum you, how you face every time in, in, in this top that we've, we've known about Djokovic and then ultimately he goes on to win it. Um, let's have a look at the, you know, there's, there is a sort of a, a fab four now pulling away at the top. You know, we've had the, the top four. Statistically, dominate. yeah. Yeah, that the, the, you've got the Alcaraz, Sinner, Medvedev, and obviously Djokovic pulling away. And similar in the women's game as well. We've got an outright show on that as well with Roy Girani. We look at the women's draw, and there's a top four in there. Um, Alcaraz, he was plus 320. He didn't play in 2023. Uh, his best ever performance in the Australian Open is reaching the third round. Yannick Sinner has only ever got to the quarterfinal, got beat last year by Sitsapas. Medvedev um, reached two finals in 2021 and 2022, lost last year to Korda. Um the fade for me here is Alcaraz. I think the Alcaraz at three twenty looks just—he's the one I want to fade. I've bet Sinner at sixteen to one myself personally at the end of last year. We probably won the Tour Championships in Turin. Half the price now. Yeah, I've got. I've got, I've got I'm, I'm thinking of. I don't like to say it, but I'm thinking of hedging a little bit already before the tournament starts because I think I'm, I'm not it's sure fitness physically. Within, isn't yeah, it? it's fitness. But where if Djokovic, you think you know, I'm not going to bet him. Is is the likely Winner can they come from that top four? Do we have to go further deep in the in the outright market? I think likely it'll come from that top four. And who's that person going to be? Statistically, I think the best value is Medvedev. Right. Um, the the stats that I mentioned earlier, where Djokovic was on one hundred and thirteen and one hundred and twenty three, Medvedev is the second best on one hundred nine and one hundred nineteen in terms of service points, one hundred ten points, one titles, and 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 whole break titles. So better than Sinner. Better than Alcaraz. This is on outdoor hard only over the last 12 months at main level. So at those prices, I, I've taken Medvedev. I think I think you have to take Medvedev as, as the value if there is any. Um, if you're looking at Medvedev at nine to one, as Sinner's sort of seven to one, Alcaraz is what, three to one, not even three to one. Yeah. Um, statistically, I think you have to take Medvedev. And and the fact he's, he's a two-time finalist here, should have won it, of course, um, when he uh, failed from a, a winning position against 
Nadal a couple of years ago, two sets and a breakup, I think he was, or two sets and almost a breakup. So, yeah, for me, Medvedev is is definitely the value of the top four. Yeah, I, I think he's... I can't back Sinner at six. Would you Would you agree me, Akras, the fight? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to have won it, but... Yeah, it's a difficult... Again, it's difficult with him, isn't it? Uh, at his such young age, the stats aren't aren't good enough really for him to be that price he can he can certainly win it for sure but is he a good value bet i, w- I would suggest probably not his total is 108 and 113 which puts him worse off actually than sinner worse off than medvedev um and some distance behind behind Djokovic. so i, I think in terms of pure betting value i don't think alcaraz has any value so our official pick here to win the Australian Open is Daniel Medvedev. Well, Daniel Medvedev at nine dollars. Daniel Medvedev yeah, at nine dollars each way. The Russian guy, Daniel Medvedev, at nine dollars. Is an each way pick, Sean? Or are we going to go to win? It's got to be an each way in that bottom half. I think? think, yeah, I think you have to go each way. Um, you know, regular viewers will know that I like to to go with the bigger prices, but in Grand Slams, it, it's hard. You know, it really is um, difficult place to find value, but. On the on the hard court stats, I think Medvedev is is the value play. Now, Bet Rivers have a lot of specials on the market to make the semifinals, to make the quarterfinals on their website. Head across to the website. There's so many different tennis markets. There's no sports book in America, without question, who have more tennis betting markets than Bet Rivers. Hence the reason why we do this show. Hence we try to get you involved and try to educate you a little bit more and give you some winners along the way on the tennis scene. But uh, if we take away the top four, which is like you know the elite group. The Champions League position, so to speak, the top four there. If we go down further down the list, um, who do you think there could potentially go deep? And you might want to look at in someone at a very, very big price who could potentially make the semifinals, quarterfinals, produce some shocks along the way, or maybe even someone that you might want to take it as a really big price to, you know, to, to shock everyone and maybe even make the final. We have Zero, zero at 22, Diminua at 30. So I don't like Holgerun is an interesting one. A lot of people have been tipping him up. A lot of people have been saying that. Um, Shelton obviously got all the hype, big serve, 66. Rublev at 60. Herbert Hercash, 70 to 1. In a, you know, he's got Rune in, in his uh, third quarter and Medvedev as well. Anyone that in, just outside the top four, you think yeah, someone's having a couple of dollars each way, someone's got a little bit of an interest for a tournament. Anyone like you, you like there? I, th- I think you have to look at Ben Shelton. I, I really do. Um, I had a little punt on him pre-draw, actually, 80 to 1, but I mean, I wasn't wasn't wild about the fact that he got in the same section as Novak Djokovic, but you know he's. Imp- I know he's had a, had a bad result overnight, lost to Tyro Daniel in Auckland. Um, he that in. He didn't want to. But I'll I'll jumped. come on to that in a second. You know his return game is getting is getting a lot better. He's he's winning thirty five percent of his return points. Well, sorry, he has won thirty five percent of his return points between the start of the U.S. Open and now on hard courts. Which it's not fabulous, but it's it's for a big server that that's pretty good. And it's getting better. You know, we know all about the serve. It's, you know, it's a brutal serve, but, you know, returning wins you majors. Uh, 35% makes him dangerous. And he's taking a lot of his breakpoint chances now at the minute as well. 41% of his breakpoint chances he's taken between the start of the US Open and and now. And you've got to remember, he came into that US Open with zero back-to-back wins in the previous three or four months, I think it was. He came into the US Open with, in no form at all. Ended up, you know, playing semi-finals, uh, and he's gone from strength to strength since then. Um, so that, 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 as you said, I'm not, I'm not worried about him potentially tanking a match a few days before um, 
before the Australian Open. He's, he's a big match player. We know that. He, lo- he loves he loves the big stage. A lot of these guys at the top of the market, you know, I'm thinking of the Zverevs and the Dimitrovs and these sort of guys, they they don't like it. They're not, they're not for me, got the mentality for the the really big matches a lot of the time. But this this guy, he's got nothing to fear, has he? You know, he's he's a young guy. He's a confident guy. He's, he's a he's a a brilliant kind of character. Um, you know, quarterfinals here as well last year. Uh, semifinals, U.S. Open. So a great hard court form in the majors. I think you have to look at him. The draw isn't ideal, but you know, someone's got to beat Novak Djokovic. So he's one. Um, Jack Draper is obviously another. You you got to worry about fitness for him, mm-hmm. but given the fact that he's still got a final to play. Um, in Adelaide, where it was extremely hot and, and, and humid uh, yesterday, that, that would perhaps put me off a little bit about Dra- Jack Draper in terms of going all the way in a Grand Slam. Similarly, Le Hecker, he's suddenly caught fire again, hasn't he? Last year made the quarterfinals here at the Australian Open out of nowhere. Four, four men to last season, couldn't barely win a match. 300 to one now with Bet Rivers to win um, the Australian Open. Again, you, you might be a little bit concerned the fact that he's still got another match to play in Adelaide before before going to Melbourne. Um, so those are the guys that I'm looking at really in terms of the, the bigger prices. What about, this is only my point of view, Rublev, 60 to 1. He's the number five in the world. He's won his only tournament this year, obviously in Hong Kong. He's unbeaten this year. Got the quarterfinals of the US Open, got the quarterfinals of the Australian Open, got the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. Got beat by Djokovic on twice. They got beat by Medvedev. Um, he's the sort of nearly man. He had two big wins in Monte Carlo for us. For us. We beat yeah. him at 33 to 1. Running Dubai when I was out in Dubai, won that tournament there as well. I mean, if you are looking at someone, you know, Sinner at six to one, Rublev at 60 to 1. I, I know he's got I know he's got a tough section. He's got Dimuar, Corda, Jarry, but he beats all the people you expect him to beat. And then when he goes up against the better players, he gets beat himself. But if, if you think that's the problem, yeah. which could get beat and Shelton comes through, then that will open up for Rublev as well. I just thought 60 that's to 1 possible. was a big price. It was a big price. Yeah. I mean, well, if Djokovic gets beat, then it's, it's open season, isn't it? A lot. Of, he, he's one of the, Rublev is one of the, the guys that, that could take advantage. I, I just, I still don't think he's got the mentality for it. He's, he's so nervy and he, he he's mentally so brittle. You know, the amount of times he gets, down on himself and starts hitting himself with a racket and he's lost matches out of nowhere that he's been in control of because he's he's suddenly just got aggravated with himself for missing a missing an easy shot or not putting a, a volley away or something and then he's completely melted down and it, I don't think he's actually got past the quarters has he of a, of a major did he get to the semis once um, I don't know I haven't got information in front of me but I know he's he's, he's... Got to the quarterfinals of he's a, three of the majors last year in the third round at the French Open. So I just thought I just a, sixty to one. It just he could. He's the kind of guy that win a major when everything everyone goes out. If ever get, I'm he, not so sure that he would. I, I could see it. he's had this position before at Indian Wells, I think, when everyone lost and he was left with, I think it was Fritz and somebody else, and he he put in a a bad one against Fritz. He just hasn't got the mental. He hasn't got the mental strength. Mm-hmm. I, I think he would just collapse in a in a, a pile of nerves. Um, if you look at the mental strength of of someone like Rublev and then Shelton, it's if you know for me it's no contest. Shelton plays with no fear. Rublev for me plays with a lot of fear, mm. and, and I don't think he sees himself as a Grand Slam winner deep down in his own psyche. You mentioned Jack Draper there. I had, a, I had a, another DM from one of our watchers and viewers and listeners and subscribers mm-hmm. telling me to, he thought that Jack Draper was a big price for Wimbledon at hundred to one. 
I thought I thought it was good. I think he probably got it if he's fit, you know, he's that's not a bad price, you know. It is all about fitness with him. Mm. You know, same with Sinner. You know, Sinner, just very briefly going back to Sinner, does have the the stats to be a to be at the price that he is. But does he have the physicality? I, still not sure. Draper, if he does <clears throat> excuse me, if he does overcome that that kind of physical weakness, if you want to call it that, that that, that sort of lack of stamina, the constant injuries. You know, he, he will get over that one day. You know, if it's if it's now, if it's if it's soon, because he this week he's shown some promising signs in Adelaide. Played a really really tough match, didn't he? Three hours, thirty-seven minutes, or whatever it was against Kekmanovic. Then came back the next day and beat Tommy Paul. Then came back the next day and beat Bublik in very very hot um, conditions. So maybe this is the start of something big for Jack Draper. Maybe this is the start of him moving into to being a a physical contender. You know, Andy Murray when he started was was not, not nowhere physically was he when he first mm. came onto the scene. Then he went through all the the physical training and he became much much more of a physical specimen. If Jack Draper's achieved that, and he looks like at the minute, fingers crossed that he's on his way, then I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with that that person that's that said that about. Yeah, Wimbledon. I thought it was a good bet. I think it was a good point. I think if he does sort of get some good form, he could start about thirty three to one. Um, so that's pretty much it on the outright market for the men's singles at the Australian Open. Um, no, but Djokovic is a worthy favourite. Wouldn't surprise us at all if he won it. We wouldn't bet him. We wouldn't take him on either. We just think the price is probably about right him. But always here, we're looking for value, looking for angles. We're looking for someone who can come through a section in the bottom half of the draw and someone who can give him a game. And in the top half of the draw, we've gone for Ben Shelton here at 66 to 1. And in the bottom half of the draw, our main pick is Daniel Medvedev at $9. Um, it's an easier bottom half of the section. You're going to get plus 450 if he makes the final. And at those prices, we'd rather take that, get someone to make the final at plus 450 than take the even money on Novak Djokovic. Um, Staking-wise, Sean, what is it? One unit and half a unit each way or a quarter of a unit each way? Just, 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 or, or, or was one yeah, unit an official pick? Each... Or... Yeah, official pick, half a unit each way on Shelton. Um, One unit each way, I would say, on, on Medvedev. Yeah, so that's where we're going to go here. So it's Medvedev and Shelton. Medvedev is the, the man who's got to two Australian Open finals, never won it. But uh, Novak Djokovic is clearly the man to beat. Alcaraz is a fade for me, plus 320. Um, he's got he's got the stats, but I think he's a fade. Sinner, uh, we both agree he's probably got to be a little bit too short. There's probably some huge liabilities as well after he's winning Turin as well. Lots of people getting on big prices, so the, the bookies are running scared. And that, and that bottom group... Um, all much of a much. Um, Rublev may come through if the tournament opens up, but uh, Shelton is our official pick at 66 to 1. Um, remember, you can subscribe to this channel, Betting Weekly Studios on YouTube. Please give us a subscribe. Give us a, give us a rate and a review. Give us a message as well. We want loads of messages from you. We want to know your pick. What's your best pick? Let us know. Any questions? We're going to be on throughout the Australian Open here. Uh, we're going to talk probably two or three times a week, going through the uh, the matches on each day, looking at the outright markets as well. Give us your pick. Let us know who you fancy to win the tournament. You can follow us as well on Instagram and Twitter, or X now as it's called, and our handle at Because We Win. And you can download this podcast on whether you get your podcast from uh, Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. Uh, also, Betting Weekly WTA with myself and Roy, and there's a video on the WTA outright market who he thinks will win the tournament and our picks on there and have broken down the draw net which is also available on your preferred podcast provider uh, Sean thank you very much for joining me as always um, thank you we're looking you're going to do a video as well about your first round picks which should also be live as well look forward to hearing from you on that and it's going to be a busy couple of weeks isn't it so um, you know go and get your tooth done make sure everything's alright and uh, being top Can't four wait. over the next couple of weeks here 
um, betting weekly studios and because we win for the Australian Open. Take care.